When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, oh, it's such a drag since I've died and I'm up here in the sky. I, I wish I had a good friend to talk to, somebody that, you know, I don't know from uh, Mother <laughs> England. Or... Well, hello uh, there, this. And how are you today? How are you today, chap? Oh, this is uh, this is uh, Tibby McGinty. How are you, my friend? Oh, Tibby McGinty. Uh, you're Irish. Oh, sometimes when only when I'm drinking the uh, the old Guinness, you know. It's typical, very typical. Well, my name is Winston. I am from Birmingham. I don't know if you've heard of Birmingham, England. Are you uh, from the uh, good old the old land uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, or from no. Birmingham, the old uh, in the UK? I a clunky bastard. No, I'm from England, you bastard. I reckon so. I've, I've found so many lands and so many women when I was alive. My name is Winston. You know, I've got a question for you because we are saints after all. Shoot. You right know, uh, what are we doing? We're supposed to gain our, our, our sainthood or gain uh, our wings before we can go up there, you know? Uh, well, listen to this. This is what the, the, the father has told me in the past that I need to capture. Say maybe three souls that should not be on earth anymore and they could range from wherever. And if I uh, supposedly bring three chaps up, I will get... Uh, my wings for heaven. Uh, that uh, that was uh, my calling. Is that the uh, arrangement? See, I, I, now, uh, so <laughs> you were talking. You were saying you have to bring three souls. Uh, you know, right. I only have to bring one, and I'm searching for oh. the perfect soul. And I'm thinking of getting one from the world of rock and roll music. Well, I wonder you know. what kind of rubbish is that. You'd only bring one soul. That's all I need. I've already brought two. Oh, what kind of bullshit is this? I bet the old queen would have something to say about this lad. Why do I have to get three blanking souls and you only get one? I've ha- I've already brought two, you see. So I think I've had a jump start on you. Okay, uh, this is a lowdown. I uh, I was thinking about going after maybe Big uh, Jagger. You know, he grew oh. up out here too. And uh, there's he thought. I went to high school with Mick Jagger, and I'll tell you right now, he put socks in his pa- in his package. <laughs> I don't have to put no socks in me package. Me package is ready to go. Would you like to see me package? No, that's quite fine. I do want to get Jonesy. He's a, he used to be in a punk band, and uh, you know Jonesy. He's at KLOS in Los Angeles. Sheer rubbish. That station is rubbish. It's disgraced my flag. You know, uh, as far as for me, I think I was thinking of bringing me maybe, uh, what's the name of the guitarist from the Rolling Stones? You know, that uh, guy, he's not 925 years old. He's he's older than Methuselah. That's my mate. He can't come up with me yet. Everybody needs him down there. He, he, he's got enough money for blood transfusions. Why are we going to bring him up here? You know, he's the only man Keith that... Richards is a, Keith Richards is a living, uh, living saint. He's a living saint. 
You know, Keith Richards is the only man alive I know with the blood type of Jack Daniels. Ooh, how about, uh, let's see, I went to America one, uh, one week and I met a lad named Donald Trump. <laughs> I would like to take his soul, but I'm afraid he's not going to help me get into heaven, if you know what I'm talking about. I think I go after me old pal, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I think it's time that he come with me because he's a babbling fool. Uh, his wife looks kind of like a bag of makeup. Have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? She kind of reminds me of, of the old Wicked Witch. Perfect. You take Ozzy. I'm going to bring no. Gene Simmons. I think oh, we've that. had enough of Gene Simmons down there. Uh, over here in England, we call Gene Simmons the uh, Donald Trump. With uh, he's wearing a, a Star Wars. Was named Darth Vader here. His broken head looks like he's wearing a Darth Vader helmet. I'm, I'm so sick of Gene Simmons and and and, and that other guru, Fruity, uh, Paul Stanley. Uh, well, that's done. It's all settled. And then let's have a pint and a uh, little dab of uh, some Jameson and uh, let's go for the souls. I say we do that and I'll catch you up uh, up in the sky. What do you say, mate? I say that's great. And uh, on uh, the way, why don't we stop by? Stop by the 1980s and, and lay back for a decade or so. Let's go back to the 80s, you bloke. Welcome to a very special edition of Back to the 80s Radio. I am Toscano of the fantastic radio duo Toscano and Chang. Here with you every single Friday, along with me on this magic carpet ride, of course, is a man who's been spotted at Rite Aid eating Thrifty's ice cream inside their own freezers. Oh, yes. He's also, been, he's also been seen cruising in a red Pontiac Fiero claiming that he's going back to the 80s to see the Us Festival all over again. We here included. at Back to the 80s <laughs> call him the Wondrous Chang. Hola, hola. I am not a chola. Yes. Welcome to Back to the 80s. This is the Chang. How are all my little Chang Lee danglies out there? Everybody out there staying lifted and gifted because remember tomorrow is not promised. So let's enjoy today. And live for a better tomorrow. Would you not say so, Toscano? I am wholeheartedly in agreement with you. I am extra giddy for today's show. Giddy. Let, uh, let me let our listeners know that we're taking a a a, uh, a side road in from our top ten list uh, of the eighties that we promised you last uh, show. We will continue that on the very next show. But Toscano and I have a very special show. Uh, for you listeners tonight and hopefully you listeners are fans of both bands that we're going to discuss and if you're not a fan of both uh, groups that we're going to discuss get into the music of these bands and we guarantee you will feel as giddy as Toscano and I giddy correct giddy you like that word giddy I haven't heard that in years matter of fact the only person I ever hear it from is you well sometimes I feel but it's better to say giddy <laughs> I want to give a very special shout out to a very special and beautiful team. That's our team at K Hits 92.5. I love those dancers. You guys mean the world to us. You rock. 
you guys are just passionate for the 80s, and thanks for taking this 80s ride mm-hmm. with us. So a big shout-out to the K-Hits 92.5 team. You know, and they're not old cats like us, so hats off to those cats. I love you kids like uh, like you were, on my, you were my children. I think I'll you have that. posters behind you that are older than our, than our crew. Oh, yes, I do. I want to give a very special <laughs> shout out to all of our Pandora listeners, even for, uh, for those that give us thumbs up and especially for those that give us thumbs down. Oh, you know what, Toscano? There's nothing I love more than seeing when we get the thumbs down. Round of applause. Hey, here's to you. We appreciate it. Yes. Yes, we do. Now, but before we get in, I, I want to really thank those uh, thumb givers of down because it takes a lot of effort to uh, continuously listen to us and hate, hate, hate us every single time you put a thumb down. And it's just it's more effort to hate us than it is to love us. I like the I fact that should... they give us the thumbs down every single week when they listen to us. But they're always it. there listening to us. So I I, I, you know, we love you guys. I also want to give a very special shout out if you're listening through Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and iHeart, Anchor, iTunes, and iTunes, uh, just a, a ton more, man. So we just want to give you guys a big, big shout out for listening to to our show. Now, we do have a great show for you as we go head to head, toe to toe, talking about the band or mano bands that make us smile, that make us laugh, that make us cry, that that when we listen to them, it makes time stand still for us. And both Chang and I are going to be talking about the artists or bands that take us to those places That's deep right. in our hearts. So stick around because we're going to be breaking the law tonight Uh-oh. and traveling back in time to a place where the streets have no name. This is Back to the 80s Radio. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Yeah, what I thought that this country, you got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. If they were a laxative, they'd be so powerful, you could stand on your head and shit on the ceiling. That position would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back to Back to the 80s. You are with Toscano and Chang. Chang here, and we are about to climb into the old ring. That's right. Mano Imano. We will go heads up, band for band. That's right. So uh, you listeners better get ready. Get your popcorn. Get your cold drink. Light a fatty. Put the kids to bed. Give them some Benadryl and hot chocolate. And get ready to rock and roll with Toscano and Chang in this battle. Now, tonight, I'm going to throw my first swing at you. Okay. Now, we are we are telling people, though, just to keep in mind, if you just joined us here on Back to the 80s Radio, we are going to be talking about the band or artist that is, okay, specifically our favorite. Now, this is a very difficult show to prep for because, you know, I am a very big connoisseur of music. Yeah. Not all music. I've right. stated that on the show. A lot of people know that me is Dick Hater, and that's okay. Right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Bunch of fools, but I'm okay with that. Now, my most favorite band, a band that I first stumbled upon in 1977 but actually debuted in 69 and had their first album in 74 69 uh, besides queen i'm talking about judas priest oh that is one of my most favorite hard rock heavy metal bands of all time judas priest is like 
the soundtrack to my memories of my youth. Uh, I can think of uh, things very vividly of, uh, of me in high school. And I'm always got a Judas Priest song going over in my mind. Like I mentioned, Judas Priest did start in 1969 from Birmingham, England, close to where uh, Black Sabbath came from. And the priest really didn't start cracking until the late 70s. But it wasn't until 1980 when they came out with British Steel when they became uh, probably the gods of metal. Right. You know, right. With Black Sabbath and, of course, with uh, Iron Maiden. And uh, But Judas Priest catapulted into heavy metal and gave heavy metal a look with the leather, the studs, the Harley Davidson, the hot chicks, a lot of machoism, sex-driven, pulse-racing, heavy metal, dual guitars. But they actually started in the 70s like Sabbath. Now, Sabbath had that captivating blues kind of hard rock sound where the priest kind of had that melodic kind of uh, operatic uh, uh, on the verge of a little bit of punk, but with more musical talent. You know what? As I recall, back in the 80s, uh, I remember listening to a show on KMET 94.7, A Little Bit of Heaven, The Mighty Met. And I believe it was Jim Ladd that used to host the show, and it was called The Mighty Metal Show. Mighty Metal Hour, I think. Now, what year and, was this? Uh, I believe this was probably the 80s. You know, Jim Ladd was there from 80, I think, until uh, KMET did close uh, later on in the uh, later 80s. And it was the Mighty Metal Shop. And then KLOS had their version uh, of the the Mighty. It, it, was, what, it was Metal Shop at KLOS. Right. So both uh, stations did have... Uh, a certain part of their show at night dedicated to metal. And I think metal evolved way before the eighties, but it didn't become as major a following in it as a united brother and sisterhood of the metal community until the eighties. Right. Right. And, and uh, uh, this, uh, they kicked off before MTV right. and you know, I'm a big hater of MTV because yes, the video are. killed the radio uh, as that one song, uh, you know, uh, stated, Although I did hate that song. I thought it was kind of uh, You love the Buggles. But, oh. The name, the Buggles, it reminds me of a kid show. Hey, boys and girls, we're going to watch the Buggles. <laughs> oh, please. Save yourself. But, uh, you know, metal evolved in, in, like I say, bro, in the early 70s. But it, it became a trend in the 80s. And I have to say that MTV did attribute to the rise of metal, but also... Uh, kind of MTV kind of glamorized metal. And that's when metal kind of went into the, uh, the pretty era, uh, you know, where you get your poisons and you get your wingers and you got your motley crew, uh, you know, duh, twisted sister. Uh, uh, a lot of people tripped out on, I remember in the eighties, they were like, Oh man, who are these guys wearing makeup? Yeah. But if you listen to twisted sister, uh, they had more chops than kissed it and they didn't wear as much makeup. So I can't say that Twisted Sister to me was a glam band, but I will say bands like Motley Crue forefronted to me glam metal. It pretty much was the stab in the heart of metal to where metal <laughs> bands like Priest right. and Maiden and Anthrax and Saxon and Slayer and Metallica and Megadeth kind of started falling a little to the side as the big picture of metal 
where it was metal was on TV. Uh, the Hollywood strip was everything to go, but there was a lot of pretty boys out there. You couldn't tell the guys from the chicks walking down the street. Right. So, I think that's, you know, that's definitely when it took a turn. Once it hit, it hit mainstream, even though MTV had their, uh, what was it, their metal rocks or metal, uh, right. some um, you know, week weeknight metal show. It was uh, Headbangers Ball. There you go. So even though they did With have Ricky, that, yeah. I, I think that once the hair metal or the glam metal came in, it started a new trend. Yeah, what happened is instead of bringing in all the guys, which metal did, because it usually brought all the males, right? Right. And once the hair glam bands came in, that started bringing in the chicks. Yeah. And then once, and they dissipated really, really quick because, I mean, we all know after ninety ninety one, I mean, it just, it fell harder than Black Monday, you know? Oh, yeah. Grunge I, had to come in and take over. Yeah. And, and then that didn't last long either. So definitely metal had its day in the 80s. I remember going to school and seeing... Uh, a lot of the rocker kids, the metal heads uh, with their shirts. I mean, that was really big. Kids wearing the metal shirts. That's oh yeah. Bro. It's when I saw my first um, Slayer shirt. I'm going to go all the way back to 1980 from their British Steel album, the Metal Gods themselves. With you don't have to be old to be wise. You are locked and loaded to Toscano and Chang. You are at Back to the 80s, or you're with us at K-Hits, 92.5. Don't you go nowhere. We got the metal coming, and we're going to keep it alive. You're listening to Back to the 80s Radio on K-Hits 92.5. If you just joined us, that was the one and only Judas Priest. And right. we are discussing here with the ever-wondrous Chang, mm. our favorite bands. They were just shredding and ripping. It was the kind of a music that where you, you uh, slam down some beers, some whiskey, you get the hottest chick in the club or the gig, and then you go out there and you just cause havoc on the street. That's Judas Priest to me. You know what I mean? Yep. All out havoc you know not a fear of nothing it reminds me uh the story of rob halford and judas priest the movie they made in 2001 it was a musical drama comedy it was oh, called yeah. rockstar with mark Wahlberg and jennifer aniston yes, right because it tells the real life or at least inspired real life story of of tim ripper right uh, uh ascended Owens. to the position of lead vocalist of his favorite band and it was the real life of of Mr. Owens, singer yeah. in in Judas in a Judas Priest tribute band, yeah, who was chosen to replace Rob Halford. Now you're talking about Tim the Ripper Owens, correct? Now I got to give that guy a lot of credit. I mean, he's got some chops, but you know, if you're you're an old school metalhead like me, you're just not going to stand for anybody coming to in, in to sit in for such a powerful vocalist as as. as Rob Halford. Rob Halford, I think, is one of the greatest vocalists in rock and roll alone, along with Dio, uh, you know, along with Freddie Mercury, along with uh, Jeff Tate of Queensryche. I mean, the list goes on. You know, if a band started and they had a, a good run, 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years, 30 mm -hmm. years, whatever it is, and they started with a certain member, you know, in this case, Rob Halford, I think when you lose your main vocalist, like what happened with Journey as well, <laughs> I, I think, you know, no matter how good that person sings, 
what happened with Queen, right? And we understandable because yeah. of Freddie Mercury right. passing. Right. But I think that, that that band with that name, with the name, they should retire the name and become another band. Do you, uh, do you know what I'm saying? We will always be comparing exactly. that singer who just came in with the original. Now, it could be that that new singer sings better. But that's not the point. We grew up hearing a certain singer, a certain front man. And now to have somebody else, like what happened with ACDC when Brian Johnson stepped yes, out. I was, just going to, I was going to bring up that band and, right there. And now you, you get uh, the, you know, the, the Lizard King, Mama, throw Mama off the train lady, yeah. uh, the Goonies old lady, to replace Brian Johnson at some concerts. And, you know, okay, that's right. Axl Rose, you can sing, but... You just don't. But you're not ACDC. You're not ACDC. You're Guns and Roses. You look period. like Benny Hill with a bad haircut. That's yeah. that's what I say about you. Look that like guy, the man. current uh, British Prime Minister. You know. You look like a guy that would throw a cigarette at a guy with brand new Chuck Taylors, white, right at him, and then you're only <laughs> like maybe what a foot shorter than that guy, and then you want to fight. You're you're like you're you know. Yeah. Who would do that? Yeah. You know what? It's funny how you just brought up that point, and I agree with you as uh, the transitions of lead singers or band members, how it really isn't the same sub substance. And I'll go out on a limb and say this. You know, I've got a lot of friends in bands. I jammed with cats before. And uh, when you have something solid, concrete, and, and very together in tune, you know, that comes up with so many different uh, energies of guys in a band. When there's a new energy that band kind of transitions a different way. Right. And if right. it doesn't, then the band has to try to transition into that vibe to mingle with that vibe. And sometimes you don't get that same electricity. Right. Now, uh, the odd thing uh, I will say about this is Judas Priest recently is only has uh, Mr. Ian Hill and Rob Halford, the only two original members in Judas Priest. This band was formed by Ian Hill, KK Downing, Glenn Tipton, and uh, I think uh, the guy's name was, uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name of the drum rights. I think it was Miller or, or, or something like that. They had another lead singer before Rob Halford. And uh, the, the ironic thing is they're continuing to call themselves Judas Priest without three of the original founding. Yeah, members. yeah, I think I think that's got to go. It's like, for example, a real quick one, and I don't want to digress too too much, but Rat. Rat, we know that their oh. their their front man Stephen Piercy, he's got cancer. I mean, the chances of him, you know, we, you know, God hope he he's with us uh, for a long time. But mm -hmm. when he goes, if it's ever his time to go in the very near future, you know, that band should stop. Should no more be Rat. It, call yourself mm -hmm. something else, but no more Rat. Uh, in the right. case of Queen, remember when Freddie Mercury passed? They got the front man from Bad uh, Bad Company. Remember that. Mm -hmm. And then they switched over to this to the kid right now. Now the oh, yeah. only one that I could see taking Freddie Mercury's place now that we don't have George Michael and obviously no Freddie Mercury, no George Michael, is is Mark Martell because he sings exactly like Freddie Mercury. But I don't want to digress too far into it. No, I agree with you. He's even got that look in his eyes. Everything, everything. You know. Now the funny thing, like before we we cut into your band, uh, Judas Priest has had three different drummers, bro. You know, you've had started off with Les Binks and you had Dave Holland. Yeah. Now trip out on this. Now they have a guy, uh, Scott Travis. So 
if if you if you listen to the band the albums that they've made, you can tell how much different the sound and the vibe of the songs are from the original day. Yeah, it just cheapens it, bro. And I feel that way about uh, ACDC. Me and you had that talk. Yeah, we did. I remember, and I agree. So, all right. Now on to mine, of course. Yes. 1976. Now, check this out. The oh. year is 1976. Wow. And a 14-year-old kid by the name of Larry Mullen Jr., uh, he was a student at Mount Temple Comprehensive School in Dublin, Ireland. He posted a note in the school's board, right, their notice board, in search right. of musicians for a new band. Five people responded and in attendance. They met in in Mr. Larry Mullen's kitchen, believe it or not, at his house. Ooh. Where, yeah, he, he had his drum kit there and everything, and along showed up a gentleman by the name of, this was for auditions, Paul Hewson, David Evans, Dick Evans, and Adam Clayton. And of course, Paul David Hewson, I should say, is Bono. David Evans is, of course, The Edge, and his brother was Dick Evans, who, of course, could not play the uh, bass like Adam Clayton, so Adam re, uh, replaced him. And it started out being, they were going to name it the Larry Mullen Band for about 10 minutes. Wow. But then when they wow. heard Bono sing, immediately it changed to U2. Now, I got to say, my brother, I believe, if you were to ask me in my opinion of what the greatest band that ever lived was, uh, there are you know differences of opinions everywhere around the world. They would say everywhere from the Beatles to the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. I would say, in my opinion, the greatest band hit that has ever lived is Queen. However, yeah, if I you were to ask me what my favorite band, my personal favorite, the band that mm -hmm. just moves me, shakes me, makes me, I mean, tear up, and I had the pleasure to see him April of 1987 for the Joshua Tree Tour. I also had the, tour. the, the pleasure of seeing them in the... Once again, Joshua Tree tour of 2017, when, when I saw them, I saw them 12 days after my dad passed away. Oh, I, wow. I had tickets. That concert meant the world to me, bro. It brought back so many memories. My dad was the one that dropped me off at my cousin's house so that he can take me in 1987 to see the first concert from U2. And then for my dad to pass away, and then me 12 days later, now as an adult, I got to take my kids to see the concert, my wife mm -hmm. to see the concert. I was 10 feet away from The Edge and Adam Clayton and, and Bono. I was lit we were literally at the fence, front row. Nice. And it was the, the, greatest, the greatest musical experience of my entire life. When you go see a band that reminds you of your youth, you always take that trip back to the people and the loved ones that you lost or were around when you were tripping on that music. I would say U2 is my favorite band of all time. This is a band that's released over 14 studio albums that have won 22 Grammy Awards, more than mm. any other band. And they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in their very first year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. They always come out in all these uh, 100 greatest artists of all time or greatest bands of all time. They're always mm -hmm. up there. And whatever you think of you 2 you know, whether you either love them or hate them, for me, on a personal level, they are a band that mean more than just music. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look up on YouTube, the great on YouTube, the greatest, and I know you're going to hate uh, NFL halftime shows, but the greatest oh. NFL halftime show in the history of NFL halftime shows was when the Super Bowl right after 9-11 happened. Okay. Because you two took that. the stage. And Bono yeah, is was... singing, and they have uh, on a screen, they have the names of those people that have lost their lives. Yeah. And then there is a is a part there where Bono, he's wearing a leather jacket. He takes his jacket, and he opens it up, and he's got the American flag on there. Powerful, powerful, powerful. stuff. I would, yeah. You know how I feel about the Super Bowl yep. shows. I think no. the only artist I've ever liked was U2, uh, the Stones, and Prince. Right. Everybody else sucked ass. And I'll just uh, say that right now. And uh, <laughs> and and you know, U2 is a, is a band that's sold almost 200 million albums right now. They're a band that that has been around since 1976, and of course, it wasn't until 1980, 1980, with their first album, Boy, mm. came out. And uh, here's an album. I mean, they, they came out from an era of rock slash punk, and yes. they were deeply rooted in this genre of music. And one of the things that differentiates many bands from U2 is the fact that U2's lyrics uh, not only are produced and written by them, but they have very, very deep meanings. Most of them, uh, they're very, balance. yeah, they're they're very politically inclined. They're very socially inclined. Uh, they're all for the people, and uh, you know, they're they're not really an anti-government, but they are a for people band. So I would say that you you two to you means the same thing as the Beatles do to me, because I kind of uh, I look at you two as being a great band and I kind of put them up there in a Beatle genre uh, in, in a kind of not genre, but a Beatle vibe. Uh, they're for the people, equal rights, uh, humanity. You go out there and care for people. Uh, you know, don't let government take over, stand up for yourselves, come together. And that's the kind of same essence that the Beatles right. transcended in their era. So I've always thought of you two being a modern day Beatles not only for their their creativity and their love of life and uh, the, the 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 humanitarian uh, of of that entire band but every album that they've created has got a different sound a different vibe a different beat uh, only great bands can do that and it, it, to me they're very reminiscent of what the beatles did because every beatle album that was created was always different you know great music great bands they come and go. But 22 Grammy Award winning U2 with a song from their first album from Boy, I Will Follow. This is Back to the 80s Radio on K-Hits 92.5. Back to the 80s radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. That was you 2 with I Will Follow from their first album, Boy, 1980. Now, do you, now can you see, my friend, can you see why they're so powerful? I mean, this is a band that, that has stuck around. It's not one of those bands that comes and goes. They're not these bubblegum bands that appear on all these game shows 
and uh, and talent shows. This oh. band, like many others of the '80s, have withstood the test of time. And uh, one very quick note of humility from you two in 2015. In 2015, when they were uh, in doing a concert in New York City, and Bono had a terrible accident. Remember, I think it was a biking accident, mm-hmm. uh, and he was uh, taking some rest. The Edge and Adam Clayton went to a small little bar where they were having a U2 cover band. They went in there and played with a cover band a few songs. Nice. What other band of the stature of U2 would, you know, some would consider it, I'm not going to lower myself. I'm not going to go with with beginners. You know, I'm not going to go on a small little stage anymore. I'm mm-hmm. past that. No. These two guys went up there, and you know what? It seemed like they were enjoying their time even more than the people that were listening to them play. Oh, yeah, dude. That's brilliance right there, bro. I got That's a great band that you brought to uh, the forefront. I'm very glad that you did bring out that band. Uh, we could do a whole uh, show on the, on that band, I think. There's many bands that we could probably do a whole show on. Except for Rush, yeah. No, Rush is a great band out of Canada. Yeah. The most powerful trio of bands, uh, instrumentally, uh, of vocal content that is unlike anything else that you've ever heard. It, yeah, they remind me. in a style. Rush, to me, it's is just, like smell sniffing Raid. Oh, man. Yeah. How could you hate the hate? You must be uh, Dick Hader's brother, Rich. Uh, Rich I think so. Dick Dick. I think we need to bring the Hader brothers one of these days. And as long as you're going to play anything from The Cure, uh, the Dick Hader's just going to be sitting right here. I'll kick Chang's ass (laughs) off the microphone just to go in there. As a little side note to anybody listening on a podcast platform, if you do want to listen to the songs in their entirety, you have to go to khits925.com. Press play. Look, the website isn't even finished yet. But at least our players there K- click on play and uh, and and listen to the show. I mean, if you want to listen on to your the way. music, tickle our ears with some more Judas Priest. What? Okay, I, how brother. would you convince me to like them? I mean, you know, when I was a kid, they bands like that used to scare me. Well, you know, when you're a little kid and you're or you're a wussy, that kind of happens. Woo! Woo! Wow! Now, uh, went straight for you know the jugular. What? I would have to say that with my black soul that I've always had. Right. Uh, I just, I just, I just drifted away into bands like Judas Priest and Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Thin Lizzy and UFO. And uh, I've always been a, a full throttle kind of kid. Kind of like the Night Stalker. I, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Richard Ramirez is <laughs> one of his favorite songs is the Ripper. Yeah. From Judas Priest. Nice. You know, I thought it was just uh, Mr. Crowley from Ozzy. No, and every time I hear that song, it's "You're in for surprise." That you're song gives me the creeps. No, 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 no. That song gives me the creeps, man. Trip out on this. Nineteen eighty-one. Point of entry uh, debuted, and uh, I, I would like you to listen to this album. There's a lot of heavy-duty songs. You have to listen to the lyrical content, and then you'll feel the music. So, such what, what's as Solar it about? Ranger. It's just. Uh, Point of entry is about finding out who you are and just throwing yourself out there. Whether you're in, going to space or you're taking a long drive, it's you're on a mission. And on this mission, you're to find out who you are and what you feel about certain things and to just let loose. Uh, you know, great songs out there like Heading Out to the Highway. 
Solar Angels. Two different styles of a, a song, uh, but I mean, the message is there. And the one thing with Judas Priest, a lot of their albums do have that message. Some of them are a little bit more seductive. Some of them are a little bit more darker, but in no way or, or, or of light are they satanic to where anybody should be afraid of the lyrical content. The lyrical content is only, uh, I think, created through uh, a darker side of life, uh, some letdowns coming up from struggle, uh, having certain uh, events or situations occur in their life that are of the negative. So it probably catapulted him the the individuals to play that type of music that's what hard rock is that's what metal is if you were to listen to that album you would not believe it's judas priest to what you're thinking in your head when you're thinking of a song it's it's captivating bro it's deep it, it deals with uh, life after death uh, it deals with uh, uh, an individual going into their mortality thoughts so They've got a lot of great music out there. The lyrical content, the emotional content, uh, you know, don't let the hard rock and, and the dual guitar scare you. you know, it's a, they're a great band. They're just louder than, than, than a lot of other bands that put it out there, bro. Right. You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and w I'm going to go with one from 1981 from the point of entry album. I'm going to give you some solar angels from the legendary metal gods, Judas Priest. You are on the hang with Toscano and Chang, and you are rocking and rolling to back to the 80s. And don't go anywhere, because here at K-Hits 92.5, we've got the 80s vibe to keep you alive. Let's get some Priest now, babies. You are back with Back to the 80s, Siskano and Chang Chang on the hang here, and you just heard Solar Angels from the legendary Judas Priest off the Point of Entry album in 1981. And out Toscano. Both our bands are badasses from the 80s. They both catapulted to the stature that they are in 1980. Is that not ironic, my brother? It is. It is. And to the point where hey, we're talking heavy lyrics. Lyrics that make you Heavy lyrics. Lyrics that make you just uh, uh, sit back and and just make you think that there's yes. that there's more to life than just you, right? That is yeah. hanging on the balance. Like for example, this song from the album War from U two. It's probably their most over political song. It was uh, a song that's lyrics describe the horror felt by by somebody who who was an observer of the troubles in Northern Ireland, in Ireland, uh, mainly focusing on the 1972 Bloody Sunday incident in Derry, where the British troops shot and killed unarmed civil rights protesters. And here's what I mean. So here's you two with Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Back to the 80s radio. This is Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang, a song that has remained a staple of U2's live concerts. That was Sunday, Bloody Sunday. The earliest performance is a song created controversy, and Bono is, is the front man. And in front of the audience for so many years, when Sunday, Bloody Sunday starts, which is a matter of fact, the song that they started their entire Joshua Tree tour yes. in just these past couple of years man you hear that song for the very first time that militarized drum solo in the beginning mm -hmm. and wow that sends chills down your spine i think every track on that album sends chills down your spine bro i mean it's every instrument 
sounds like it's hitting your soul and not your ears. You know what I mean? The guitar work, uh, the drum beats, uh, uh, some of the the bass work, uh, the way the Edge and Bono kind of harmonize each other. Uh, you know, U two is is it, to me U two is is not really been recognized to a certain degree. I would say as being really great. I think I think that they're greater and they go beyond anything. Even being uh, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, they're a band that they have nothing but love for the states and their fans out here, and uh, they just go out there and they just try to give everybody some inspiration. I mean, that speaks volumes besides being categorized as a rock band or being in a, a hall of fame. When you have that type of power to move people in a positive way, that's something God sent brother. But let uh, me ask you real quick. Yeah. What is your favorite U2 song? Favorite I know U2. it's off the Joshua tree. But that's one of my favorite albums. Well, actually, um, it's a song that we're going to be playing in a in a little while, but it's it's a song that was played at Live Aid. It is from their Unforgettable Fire album. 1982, the Screaming for Vengeance album came out, and I thought it was a ripping album. I'm now, totally this is an shredded. album that I've heard you mention a lot on the show, the Screaming for Vengeance uh, and the tour. Uh, this Yes. Now, this album, that was one of the very first concerts uh, of Judas Priest that I attended, uh, Screaming for Vengeance. I went with my homeboys, man. We had a blast, you know, drinking low and brow, you know, teenagers just getting crazy. Everybody had hair and we were out there to fight the world, man. And that concert was such pretty badass. Now, now what what I got to say about this album, this album had a political charge to it. You know what I mean? Uh, a stand up against uh uh society's forces and power so this kind of gave uh that kind of feel to uh i think the youth of america you know we were we were going through the ronald reagan that bozo the clown president uh era and all the bullshit that he was trying to pass off <laughs> careful there a lot uh, of you know, a lot of 80s uh lovers uh, uh I'm love, sorry i'm sorry i, lo I, don't, I love don't the cowboy no president anything. yeah well uh, I remember I went to go see a, a, a Screaming for Vengeance tour. I lost mommy. Anyway, on this album, <laughs> had a political thrust to it. You know what I mean? And uh, one of my favorite songs that I think you should listen to and our listeners should listen to is Electric Eye. And it talks about how we are being watched by the government with cameras everywhere. And, you know, it, it's it's true to date, our cell phones. So that song kind of uh, goes with the... Uh, what we were seeing in the 80s as well as it does today. But it was just said in a more powerful way. You know what I mean? Without like a, the, the heartfelt bass uh, or the blues vibe uh, or the mellow vibe of, of U2 putting a statement out like this, which they did in similar songs. But this was another way to go back at the government as in hard rock with Electric Eye. You know, that's an album that you should check out. Maybe check out that song. You know what? As a matter of fact, I am going to go into Take These Chains from Judas Priest, 1982, Screaming for Vengeance. You are rocking and rolling with Toscano Chang here at Back to the 80s. Don't you go nowhere. K-Hits 92.5, the station that keeps the 80s alive. Welcome back to Back to the 80s, Toscano and Shanks, 
sitting in, geared up, and ready to go to give you guys some more 80s. <laughs> with some metal right there with the priest. Of course, everybody, I'm, I'm urging you, I'm, I'm begging you to go out there and check out this album song for song and read the lyrical content. Now, before we go any farther, Mr. Tusky Toscano, what do you have for us with one of your next favorite albums or songs from the legendary U2? From 1981, from their oh. album, October, which, by the way, oh, is a great song, great October, album. but from the, peaking it at number 55, but was was more successful in Ireland and New Zealand than here, and it did reach the top 20, and it's a song that highlights bassist Adam Clayton, and it features three different styles of playing in one single song, and it's a song called Gloria. This is a song for a lot of people who don't know. He sings part in English, part in Latin, and it translates when he says Gloria in te domine, which means Gloria, translates to glory in you, Lord. For those of you who don't know, you too grew up, you know, partially as, uh, you know, it's, it's a band that believes heavily in God, and, uh, and they, you know, according to them, they... They owe all their, you know, they give all the credit to God for for life and, and the inspiration for their music and their songs. As a matter of fact, Bono was asked in 1994, and he answered regarding this very same song in a book called Race of Angels. And he says that he actually really liked that lyric because it was written really quick and it expressed a thing of language of speaking in tongues, looking for a way out of language. He says, I try to sing this song, quote, I try to sing the song, I try to stand up, but I can't find my feet. And taking this Latin thing, this is a hymn. So basically, he says, it's it's more a song about God. However, people that don't understand that associate it with a girl. So I guess, he says, if you think about it as a woman in the Van Morrison sense, that's fine. But now, now you know, that it was all a thing about God and not a woman. So for those of you who haven't heard, this is U2 with a song called Gloria from their album October 1981 here on Back to the 80s Radio. That was U2 with Gloria. This is Back to the 80s Radio on K-Hits 92.5. This is a song that's been played in concert more than 370 times, and it was debuted, of course, on their October tour prior to the release of their album. Did you know that after after that tour, it was only played up until their Lovetown tour, and then 15 wow. years later, they didn't play this song at any concert for 15 years until the Vertigo tour, where it made several appearances, and then once again in their uh, their newest tours, of course, starting starting in 2015 with Innocence. And then uh, in the Joshua Tree tour, of course, when I heard that song live, oh, I got to tell you, bro, I, I can't express enough, you know, that you'll hear certain songs and it will just bring back just an ocean full of memories, right? Oh, yeah. And this was one of their one of those songs. And uh, I really think it doesn't matter uh, what type of music. I think all music takes people uh, down memory lane. And I think uh, all forms of music are going to bring a certain fan, a certain individual or listener to tears. So I think what you what you just stated is beautiful for stating that. But uh, I think you're not alone uh, for somebody that does uh, show such emotion at uh, at a concert. 
And as a little side but, note, and I know that you're an MTV hater, but I, I wasn't yes, at the time. Hated. But Gloria was the first YouTube music video that received heavy, heavy airplay on MTV when it when it first came out. Mm, and then that's, uh, good. that's uh, riveting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I don't mean that in a smart yeah, ass yeah, way. Yeah, you do. Bring, really. bring on another Judas Priest song, I guess. <laughs> For such a powerful band of of spiritual uh, emotion. For them to to you know push the envelope and get themselves recognition on MTV, the thing that killed the essence of music <laughs> as we knew it. Can I get an amen, brothers uh, and sisters out there? Yeah. Now, okay, we're going to go back to 1983, May 29th. The legendary band that I brought up, Judas Priest, played on Heavy Metal Day at the U.S. Us Festival. That's right. The Us Festival in San Bernardino, California. And it was sponsored by Steve Wozniak. <laughs> now, the Priest was the fourth band in the lineup. And this lineup uh, included Quiet Riot. Right. We both talked about Quiet Riot before. Motley Crue. Motley Crud, Ozzy Osbourne without uh, the late great Randy Rhodes. You're such a hater. Triumph, the Scorpions, and the Drunken Van Halen. <laughs> now I attended this uh, festival for three days, right? And I left there uh, physically exhausted, in dire need of a blood transfusion. My mind was touched uh, musically far beyond any other music experience to that present date in my young life. And I also went home with crabs. So huh. all in all, it was. Did you really? Great... Did you really? Oh yeah. I wouldn't state that if wow. it wasn't true. That's I am the essence of rock and roll. My brother. That is, uh, but, uh that's too much information. I remember I watching. I remember watching Judas Priest at that that concert, bro, and I got as close as I could fighting to to the stage. And I'll never forget, I took a squirt bottle and I just kept squirting these two little heavy metal hotties on their Judas Priest shirts. Right. So I could see some nipplage. And I was yeah. just rocking and rolling to to the priest. That was that that watching that band that close in that vibe with all those people, it was breathtaking. I mean, just it was kind of like the Woodstock, I'd say, of the 80s generation, whether you were a metalhead or you were there the very first night when the Pretenders played and bands like Tom, uh, artists like Tom Petty. I mean, the whole festival was kind of an overdose of rock and roll fluid, like, you know, like people don't want to take the shot now. Right. But back then you went to the US Festival. You got a shot of rock and roll in your soul right there. Oh Michael. yeah, it was a great concert. The, the priest, I I thought Judas Priest probably was the one of the better was the best band besides the Triumph and the Scorpions. Ozzy was okay, I, I, you know, but uh, there was a certain uh, a couple of songs that sound like he was lip singing. Motley Crue, I really didn't give them a lot of praise in the forefront at all. Quiet Riot had a bad sound system, and Van Halen came out. Drunk. Diamond yeah. Day was a drunken jerk. So I think I'm going to uh, take us. Uh, I'm going to give us another track off the Screaming for Vengeance album by Judas Priest. And uh, I'm going to dedicate this one out there to everybody out there against the establishment to remember that they are always watching us 
even when we don't think about it. You are rocking and rolling with Toscano and Chang at Back to the 80s. And let's get your K-Hits 92.5 off with some more metal militia for your brain. Metal up with Judas Priest. And I'm talking about Electric Eye. Welcome back to the one and only Back to the 80s. Hopefully you're all refreshed. Maybe uh, you took us in the shower with you. You went to the powder uh, Not room. in the shower with you, but you, you put us on the counter and you were listening to us as uh, you're freshening up. Oh, yeah. Maybe you got another drink. You got those kids to sleep yet with uh, hot chocolate and a quarter uh, shot of that Benadryl. Benadryl or NyQuil. Oh, uh, yeah. Or NyQuil's good, too. But sometimes your kids will say, mm, it tastes a little, sp- little spunky. Don't worry. Just drink it up. Time for bed, girls. <laughs> drink it up timmy i say you're going to take us hopefully to 1984 or 85 with their next oh, album oh you are so right and taking <laughs> you to 1984 however the song was made extremely extremely popular in 1985 because of u2's 12 oh. minute performance of this particular song at the live aid charity concert in 1985 mm. it was their breakthrough moment for lots of bands, but in particular for you too. And this following song was, of course, from their Unforgettable Fire. This is my favorite song. Bono wrote this song, and he said he wrote it for a friend of his who had died. And I think about a lot of people. I've had family members who have died of drug overdose. And this song was written for those people that have suffered or are suffering from the addiction that drugs are. It's uh, just a powerful song that's called Bad. And I want you guys to listen to it as as you take a moment and think about those who have gone before us with this addiction. For those that are still suffering with this addiction, there are songs that are written in life that can save another. And on that note, here's a song from 1984 performed by you 2 from their Unforgettable Fire album, This Is Bad. Back to the 80s radio, that was U2 with Bad from their Unforgettable Fire album. The early 1980s recession had led to a to a high number of heroin addicts in the inner city of everywhere, pretty much, but in particular in Dublin. And uh, that was when one of Bono and Edge's friends uh, passed away with a needle still hanging out his arm. Mm. So in memory of all those people, that was U2 with Bad. Man, that was uh, that's a terrible story right there. I mean, you, you know how many people out there uh, have had someone uh, lose their life to uh, having the monkey on their back? Uh, I think heroin's probably one of the most heinous drugs besides crystal meth and certain pharmaceuticals that the the youth are taking now. Uh, you know, it's just it's sad that we uh, we can lose such beautiful people in our lives that mean so much and usually usually the ones that we lose it seems are more charismatic uh more uh loving of life and uh they end up leaving us a lot sooner than they they should for some unknown demon or something in their head or maybe they're just on another level having too good of a time but it's just sad that any you have to hear of anybody uh losing their life uh to a uh, drug addiction my brother exactly and, yeah, and everybody out there, if you know somebody going through drug addiction or you've been through it and you're struggling, hey, you know what? Reach out to to, to somebody. Uh, getting over 
the mountain is not always easiest to do by yourself. Sometimes you're going to stammer and struggle and slip down that mountain. But if you know that there's a hand that you can grab to pull you up each and every little step of the way, reach for that hand and do something good for yourselves. You know, beat the demon and climb the mountain, get to the other side. If you know somebody that needs it, be that hand to get them up that hill. We're going to go into uh, 1983 still was a great year. Not only did the Chang graduate from uh, high school and we had the fantastic Us Festival where I told you I had quite uh, an experience. Here's an album that uh, it kind of was the beginning of when Judas Priest started uh, touching toes with the glam kind of metal scene. Uh, they did they did their hair a little bit different. Uh, uh, and the sound was a little bit different. And this album is Defenders of the Faith. Now, this album to me was kind of uh, a 50-50. 50% of it was like badass priest. 50% of it was like, ah, you're touching the grounds of uh, something of uh, the crew and poison. And I don't like to stick my feet in that dirty water. But uh, I, I'll tell you, they had some tracks on that album that were pretty provocative. Uh, you know, you, you, they had pre free will burning. Uh, they had uh, uh, another song that I thought that was great. Uh, if you were going to be a stripper and it's uh, in the dead of night, love bites. Mm. That's a pretty sexy song. And now the funny thing is a lot of these songs were very uh, macho and male testosterone driven sexually. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now that's the kind of aura that Judas priest kind of represented. And the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the, the truth of it is the ironic thing is, is Rob Halford finally came out and admit he, he was gay. And for all those years, he had to hide not being gay. Now, this is what I had heard from a story from a friend of mine who knew uh, Rob Halford because he played with him in Halford. Remember our, our yeah. my, my buddy, yeah. Mike Davis, he was a guest on the show. Absolutely. And he had mentioned that, you know, Halford used to let these chicks come in and party with him and, and give them whatever they wanted as long as they didn't go out there and spread the secret. Sure. And, you know, chicks had to sign uh, you know, uh, uh, paperwork waivers and that stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So it must have been really hard for the dude to hold up and, and, and grab the fan base and the feeling it was creating with his music to hide in the closet. So props off to, to Rob Helfer for coming out of the closet and props off to anybody out there that has had to feel like they have to be hidden or ashamed of who they are. Nobody should be ashamed of who you are, what you like, or what you believe in. Uh, we're living in a free country. We're supposed to be living in a time where everybody is accepted. So stand up and be bold and be who you got to be. So, uh, so let me, there's another reason why I, I, I really love uh, Judas Priest, for his so, balls to come out. So let me ask you, it's like one question in two different parts. So sure. Um, when this, when what year was this, first of all, when he came out? Uh, I believe Halford came out in 80, I want to say 87. So, so it was the 80s. Uh, maybe it was definitely the 80s. It was, it was in the 80s, maybe okay. the early 90s, maybe. So the second I'd part of the around then. Okay, so the second part of the question is, being that it was in the 80s, and we did have a lot of people, you know, uh, coming out, but like you said, in that genre of music, it was so male testosterone driven Right. How was the shock? Because it must have been a shock to the metal world. You know what? Uh, being in that in that uh, time and space, he didn't get a lot of criticism. There was not a lot of back hate 
for him coming out of the closet. Yes, there was shock, especially for, you know, horny bastards like me that were youth, youth inspired back then. And he was singing these songs and, you know, we're getting some action with a girl. What are you going to do? You're going to crank on some priests. Right. And you're going to give it to her for about two hours straight. Both of you are going to come out of there with your, your toenails curled. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a big, uh, a big kick in the ass when he came out, everybody accepted it because he really stayed true to who he was. Now, Rob Halford to me is the kind of guy that will serenade you, beat your ass, take your motorcycle, and then try and 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 offer you his hand or show you what his favorite cat looks like or talk to you about flowers. I mean, he's just that kind of a guy. And I don't think gay or gay or straight, that aura, that persona that Rob Halford has on stage is I'm going to metalize you. I'm going to kick your ass with my vocals. I'm going to kick your ass with my lyrics. And we're going to give you the best rock and roll show to make you feel inspired to go out there and take on the world. Yeah. To me, that's, that's a great, uh, that's, that's good back. That's a good fight song for anybody, bro. So the next song we are going to dive into next, I'm going to have to tell you, I'm going from one of these three. Are you ready? And ready. I'm ready to lay the law down to all you Monolishi. Yes. Here's the green Monolishi from Judas Priest. Right back at you from Toscano and Chang here at Back to the 80s. Don't you go anywhere because K-Hits 92.5 has got the metal to keep that vibe alive. Don't you dare touch that dial. Yeah, welcome back to Back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're meddled up with Judas Priest and everybody's favorite. You too from the 80s. Hey, boys, <laughs> bring it all back. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you are listening here to Back to the 80s. This is Toscano and uh, with Chang to our side. And I don't know who just appeared, but uh, we want to welcome him too, or whoever that was. He has an incubus shirt on. <laughs> oh, it's like if you would have said Rush's love child. Anyway. <laughs> well, that was a pretty good song. That's one of that's the one of the songs from uh, from the priest that I like, actually. Oh, that's a great song, bro. It's a sexy song. Yeah, I guess you could call it a sexy song. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I bagged a couple of green monolishis in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that you need my love so bad. <laughs> oh, brother, man! You know, if you just joined us, this has been a long show, and it's because we have a lot of ground to cover. We we we're almost done, ladies and gentlemen. We are almost yeah. done. And Almost. on that note, it's only in horseshoes. Yeah. Uh, on that note, <laughs> um, I've only got two songs left to the Joshua Tree album, 1987, my friends. Here's a song that Bono wrote the lyrics to based on the street where they lived in Belfast mm -hmm. uh, during, you know, the difficulties of those days because they made a lot of differences, you know, social differences between the rich and the poor. Be because of whatever street you lived on. And so here comes Bono riding the street. You know, I want to see those days where the streets have no name. It doesn't matter where you live. We are all the same. And on that note, I want you guys to listen closely because this is you too, where the streets have no name on Back to the 80s Radio. Where the streets have no name. That was you too. Uh, this is Super Mario or Toscano or whatever you want to call me. I've been known by others. This is back to the 80s radio. 
Very Beatle-ish, that song. Uh, uh, when I hear when I hear that song and I've seen him perform it, I, I, it reminds me of the Beatles for some reason. Yeah, it's just in, incredible. Um, repeating guitar arpeggio with some delay and just wow, what what a melody! Where would you man. rank the Edge as a guitar player in rock and roll? I don't know. I would say in the top fifty, he was he was he was uh, named the. Uh, in position number 38, mm-hmm. uh, as far as rock is concerned. Whether it is true or not, I don't know. I would say in the top 50 somewhere because he's got it, you know, you. He's, it's, it's his own style. So, yeah. you know, you're a great musician, bro, when you have your uh, a very distinct sound. And I definitely think the Edge has got his own distinct sound. Yeah. Makes yeah. him great. Now, uh, I'm not going to talk. They came out with uh, the album in 1985, Turbo, and that's, they were totally glamorized then. I mean, they were wearing shiny, glittery stuff. Rob Halford grew hair and right. had it kind of uh, kind of looking like uh, kind of like Bono a little bit. <laughs> you know, that mullet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Halford had that mullet kind of wild thing. And that, right. That album, I, I went to that tour just to take my, my girlfriend at the time because I wanted to get lucky. But, man... I did get lucky because that's a great album to have sex with back uh, back in the days, the Turbo <laughs> album. But if if you're going for the macho type Judas Priest, nah, that wasn't my can of beans. Hey, do you digest. remember back then in, at concerts, they didn't let you take cameras. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, people still took them, but yeah. that was one big thing. You can't bring cameras. You can't bring no. video cameras, anything like that. And today, you everything You couldn't bring goes. alcohol, drugs. But it was cameras. always there. Yeah. <laughs> You could always sneak something. In. You had to wear your shirt and everything like that. You had to. It was terrible. <laughs> commando. What? I didn't know they were going to be checking me down there. I'm commando. Okay, now I'm going to I'm going to go back. Okay, I'm going to go back into the the seventies. I, I hope you're okay with this, and go back to an album like I mentioned before, "Sad Wings of Destiny." Uh, that album, I mean, is heavy duty. I mean, it hits your mortality right in the face. Uh, this, uh, it was a heavy riffing complex of song arrangements that Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing have always said inspired them to write this was growing up in the factories of the black country. And that's Birmingham, the steel country. You know what I mean? Where it's right. you're poor and you're working in 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 a, in a factory. There, the only thing you're going to do is go to school and then work in that factory. Mm-hmm. So they that that album came to be with what they were feeling emotionally and uh, the questions that they had on their young minds. Is this what we're going to do? Is is that what we're going to have to do? Just like everybody else. So that album there is very. Very emotional, very uh, questionable about about uh, one's future or one's fears or one's hopes. And I think I'm going to take a song from that album, and that'll be my very last song of Judas Priest. And uh, I want you all to put your ears to this and listen to this album. I mean, rather, this song. This song is called Victim of Changes. And don't you change anything. You are here with Toscano and Changa back to the 80s radio. And don't forget to tune in every day, all day, all night to K-Hits 92.5. The station that brings the 80s metal, the 80s rock, and we bring that vibe alive just for you and everybody else like you. Stay lifted and gifted, babies. Don't you go nowhere. 
everybody, you are back with Back to the 80s, Toscano and Chang, and we have just uh, laid out for you some of our our more favorite uh, songs from our favorite band, and I just gave you some Priest, and I took you back to the 70s, and hopefully you enjoyed that song, and, and uh, you really listened to the words, and hopefully it helps you out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're just going to say, hey, you know what? I feel like smashing a can of beer over my head. Either way. <laughs> but now, Toscano, we're coming up to the end, so you got to lay down the track that is your number one friend from YouTube. All right. Well, uh, if a lot of people don't know, they're going to know tonight that over the years, Bono, the frontman for U2 has been a part of many causes or organizations that, you know, yep. that help to raise money for relief organizations and things of that, that nature. And he wrote a song for, you know, when he was going on a relief mission to Ethiopia, it was an anti-apartheid song. And they make a political statement about how money seems to be more important than personal freedoms in the eyes of many world leaders. And that song is from their album, Rattle and Hum album. Mm, and it's a song album. called Silver and Gold. Oh, Pay attention, because silver and gold ain't all that makes you happy in life. This is you 2 on Back to the 80s Radio. Back to the 80s radio, Rattle and Hum album, Silver and Gold and God Part 2, from a group that many have said is the second coming of the Beatles, a band that, that shakes me to my very core when I hear them, no matter when I hear them. It is a band that will live on in my heart forever as my favorite band of all time. Now, you you know, you just mentioned God, you know, and then uh, John Lennon's version of God. And it's kind of like, a, I would say uh, Bono gets visits from, I would say, the angel John Lennon. Uh, sometimes I think that with uh, the way that Bono presents himself and puts himself out, puts himself out there for the causes and he's, you know, there for the people in need and, and the vibe that he's creating and the energy that he promotes and the, and the feeling he's trying to get through to people. He's on a spiritual level, uh, unlike many others, uh, almost in a way to where uh, it was on a kind of John Lennon uh, type on this uh, a different wavelength of, of trying to get society to pay attention and to to not judge each other and not go to war and to work together uh, I, I have not seen an artist since John Lennon besides uh, Bono have that kind of magnitude on people and be uh, the lead singer and the artist that they are well you know I'll have to give them both credit you know that's that's exactly what I say about the majority of the bands that we like and we listen to from the 80s and, you know, bands that were probably formed in the 70s and they went on in the 80s and created their 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 tone, their footprint. They left their footprint or their mark on this world in the 80s. These bands had something so special. It was, um, I've said this many times, they were the first of their kind. That's why they produced the shock and awe that they did in our lives. You mentioned that they are the soundtrack of our own personal lives. And I think that that is the perfect 
phrase to use. All these bands that we have mentioned and the bands that are closer to our hearts, all the bands from the 80s, you may like them, you may not like them, even to the bands that you probably hate from the 80s. But you know what? I am the first one to admit there will never be bands like there were back then. I got another song before we cut out that I, I would like to mention to you. I'm not going to tell you what album or anything, but I think this would be a great song for us to play tonight for our K-Hits uh, 92.5 listeners and, and our loved friends here at uh, Back to the 80s. And uh, this song goes out to all of you listening, everybody out there trying to, to do what they have to do to survive and, and, and take care of uh, your own and, and your family. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't ever take on life without having faith in something. And remember to always have faith in yourself. So this song I dedicate to all of you and to you, my brother. This song is called Angel by Judas Priest. This is Back to the 80s Radio. We'll see you next week. Angel Put sad wings around me now Protect me from this world of sin So that we can rise again Oh, angel We can find our way somehow Escaping from the world we're in Yeah.